We're back for the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach David Carl. My name, Matthew McGreevy, Campus Lounge located at 701 South University Boulevard. The Denver Pioneers 4-7-1 at the halfway point of the season coming up into a weekend against North Dakota rivalry weekend games that we played on Sunday and Monday with covid Making some changes to the schedule. DC, thanks so much for joining for another week. How have you been? A little more time off with last week being postponed for COVID reasons as well. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we we were shut down there for a couple days uh, due to COVID. We were fortunate to be able to get a majority, well, not a majority, but half our team uh, wasn't caught up in contact tracing. So that was nice to be able to get on the ice with them. Uh, we skated four times during the seven day pause um, in which everybody else who got contact trace was required to uh, be in quarantine. So um, we're, we're, we're adding those guys back today to practice uh, here on Wednesday. So excited to get those guys back and, um, and start preparing for North Dakota. We have four practices prior to playing them. So plenty of prep time and uh, getting excited for what'll be a good uh, weekend of hockey. Last Wednesday was the day that it all shook out, um, meaning that was the day that, that you learned that you wouldn't be playing Colorado College that weekend. Last weekend, uh, that game is yet to be rescheduled, but it will be. Uh, and as a result of that, North Dakota ends up going to Colorado College to play them. Um, they had an open weekend as well with, with Omaha still struggling with positives on their side. So a lot of moving um, and shifting parts. You already mentioned how how you were missing players, you're getting those players back today. Uh, how many alternative plans, schedules did you go through, I guess, in that, in, uh, maybe specifically in that Tuesday, Wednesday, when it was clear that the schedule was going to change? And at that point, you weren't fully aware that you were going to be playing this Sunday, Monday schedule. Yeah, I mean, there was, uh, I think the one thing to take away is that we all have to be a little bit flexible. And I know the way that the league is kind of, addressing it is that they're almost operating two four-team uh, conferences and they're, they're trying to get as many games in uh, when teams are healthy. So I thought it was really um, a good move for North Dakota and CC to play. And, and prior to us um, being shut down, we were actually planning um, kind of a, a three-team rotation here in Colorado with North Dakota and CC while Omaha was still out to try and um, get North Dakota some games while they were healthy and so I think we're all vulnerable um, to, to getting affected by COVID and, and we all want to try and play each other while we're healthy and so it was fortunate that CC and, and North Dakota were able to play. Unfortunately for us we got tagged up with some stuff and uh, but we're back at it this weekend so I don't think this will be the first time that we're looking at revised schedules. We're all going to have to be flexible in, in our plans and in doing what we do so um, it is what it is and, and I think the league and, and all the administrations in the athletic departments are doing a good job working together. Resetting the table, you are listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach David Carl. My name is Matthew McGreevy, Campus Lounge located at 701 South University Boulevard. The Pioneers at the halfway point of the season, 4-7-1, and 18th in the country, tied for 5th in the NCHC, but the standings are interesting and maybe unfair to look at right now with, with certain teams having played more games than others just with the schedules shifting. We did not talk last week, uh, so we haven't caught up on the, the split against Colorado College uh, back on January 1st and 2nd. It was a 4-3 loss at CC. 
come back to Magnus Arena, you win 6-1 the next night, your biggest margin of victory this season. Um, what did you see last weekend as a whole, I guess, instead of breaking down game by game in totality, you know, the one goal loss in the first night, and then you come back and really a great offensive showing on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to talk about them separately because I, I did think they were a little bit of a tale of two nights. And, um, yeah, that Friday night uh, felt like we were ready to go and, and but just didn't have uh, everything that we needed. Uh, we had a lot of guys going. We had a few passengers, and um, it's hard to win in this league that way. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, our, our level of urgency didn't feel like it was really there until – uh, late in the third period when, when our backs were up against the wall. And so um, this is something we talk about a lot um, with our players and, and growing in their maturity level um, to be able to to start games on time and play a full 60 minutes in the de- desperation that's needed in this league. And I thought our guys did that, responded on Saturday. They showed to us, they showed to each other um, that they are able to do that. And, um, you know, it wasn't, I don't think the score was maybe as indicative um, to the to the like it was a six one hockey game, but it didn't necessarily feel like one. Um, pucks went in for us. We executed offensively, which was nice. It wasn't like a game where we outshot them fifty to fifteen and and won six one. It was um, the shot margin wasn't that great. Uh, power play was good. Penalty kill was good. It was kind of a surgical win where we executed offensively and. Uh, was able to give ourselves a little bit of breathing room. So it was nice to see us respond um, to a to a tough meeting on Saturday morning and, and watching video and talking about our game on Friday. Um, our our job now is to, to make sure that we don't have to have a tough meeting or a negative uh, meeting to, to elicit a response. And that's that's on all of us to make sure that we're having a mature preparation here as we go into North Dakota and, and get going into the weekend on Sunday. Talk about that 6-1 game. It was 3-1 after two, and then you did score three goals in under four minutes to th- start the third period. Reed Irwin, also with a couple goals in that game, important to bring up his first NCAA goals. Uh, looking at the themes overall from the weekend, you touched on a little bit. Your PK was 6-for-6. Six six. Uh, in face-off circle, you, you, I guess they won five more draws the first night, but the next night you were even. Those were two parts of your game that – that you had mentioned uh, needed to grow, uh, specifically in the second half. So what did you see in those areas? Yeah, I think uh, starting with face-offs, I mean, it, it's better. It's sad to say that 500 is better, but that's that's where we're at in the face-off circle right now. So um, we continue to work on face-offs. We'll, we'll have pre-scouts this week of North Dakota's guys. They're, they're obviously a very excellent face-off team, um, particularly Pinto and Weatherby. Um, so that'll be a challenge for our players. Um, and then and then looking at the penalty kill, I just um, I thought our puck pressure in zone was a lot better. Um, I thought uh, just our overall execution. We got some different guys on the kill that I think have added some energy with Capone and Webster. Um, it'll be nice to have Brink back to add them to the kill. So um, I think we, we feel like it, it's in a good spot. And But, again, a huge test this weekend against North Dakota. And um, the most important thing with a penalty kill is staying out of the penalty box. And um, if you have to kill, you know, four or more in a game, it, it makes it really hard not to give one up um, when you're going against the power plays we do in our league. And if you can keep it to three or less, 
um, it's a lot easier to, to be able to get through those, especially if they're spread out. You know, if you start having a, a kind of a parade to the box, which we've done a couple times this year, um, then it, it becomes all the more challenging to, to kill those off. So like where the kill's at, but I, I think it starts with our discipline um, in our five-on-five play that allows our kill to have a chance to have success. Here's a potentially dumb question. Is it harder to stay disciplined when you are playing the same team over and over again? You have four against Omaha, four against Colorado College, four against North Dakota coming up. Specifically the Friday game against Colorado College. Uh, 24 penalty minutes combined, 18, uh, excuse me, eight on the first night. So 24 overall on the weekend. Not, not an astounding number, but a mm-hmm. lot of those were... It looked like the game was getting kind of chippy. Is it harder to stay disciplined when you're playing this format? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, like, had we played CC as regularly scheduled, um, you might have seen a little bit more fireworks. But, um, you know, playing a team four times in a row, the third and fourth night, I think even in our building on the second night, it, it did get a little bit... Uh, I'm sure people could hear some verbal uh, altercations on the radio that was picked up. And so, um, yeah, it got a little bit testy, and I'm I'm sure it will this weekend against North Dakota. I mean, you look at two of the three teams, and um, there's no love lost between the three programs. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does get heated, but um, it's our job as coaches and, and their job as players to keep our emotions in check and, and make sure that we are playing between the whistles So and keeping our sticks on the ice and angling through people. It's something we talk about a lot. And I think our guys have, have actually done a much better job um, with their discipline, with their sticks and, and moving their feet. So um, I think you could see the, the after the whistle stuff pick up, which leads to four on four type situations, playing the opponent a bunch of times in a row. But I don't see it um, being too big of a factor. It was certainly a little bit louder on Saturday. The first game in Magnus Arena, not so much Friday because the World Broadmoor Arena is so big. And you could hear it in Baxter Arena in Omaha as well, but maybe not to the extent the, the intimacy of Magnus really brought out all the all the chatter on the ice and all the above. So that was interesting to hear. Another milestone to bring up, of course, is that Saturday also marked the 1,500th win for the program, 1,500 victories. For the University of Denver, only the sixth NCAA team to do it. Uh, pretty impressive accomplishment, one that you guys were, were honing in on for a bit there. Um, I know you, you've mentioned before that, that this program and, and yourself and everyone here at this current time stands on the shoulders of those who, who came before. Um, I'm curious to know, after you get a win like that, who, who reaches out or maybe who do you reach out to? Uh, what is that how apparent is that sense of community after after the program reaches such a milestone like that? Yeah, it was um, it's a really big accomplishment for for everybody that's been a part of the program, and so um, yeah, it's it's alumni, um, is you know, recent alumni and older alumni um, all reached out, you know, probably fifteen twenty texts about it, and um, you know, and it's just quick little chat about how how proud they are of the program and um and in my response typically you know we all played a big part and um you know it's it's real special to be a part of this and communicated it out in our alumni uh update this past week and uh for those that didn't know make sure that they were informed that, that we are a part of something really special and and we should be really proud of that and um it is a hell of a program that that's been through um a lot of ups a few downs but but mostly ups fortunately and um 
you know, I think it's for the most part, we've had real good people um, that have contributed to this and it, it's taken a lot to, to get to this spot. So um, it, it's some, some we obviously don't take lightly and, and we're real proud to be a part of. You're listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach, David Carl. My name, Matthew McGreevy, Campus Lounge, located at 701 South University Boulevard, chatting about the program's 1500th win, only the sixth NCAA team to accomplish that feat. Um, I'm just curious here. The 1000th victory for the program was back in February of 2000. At the time, your brother Matt was in his first year with the U-17s at the program. Do you was the Carl family getting involved with Denver at that point, or would that have still been maybe a, a year in advance? Uh, that would have probably been a year or two uh, prior to recruiting. Happened a little bit later than he would have been uh, in grade ten at that time. So uh, back then, it, you know, grade ten recruiting was pretty uh, subdued and. So I think he probably started his recruiting process into his junior and uh, senior year of high school. So, but not long after that, certainly. And um, that's good though. 500 wins in, in 20 years. That's a good clip. Yeah, not too bad. Listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach, David Carl. When we return, we will talk about Bobby Brink's performance at the World Junior Championship. And of course, what is up next for the Denver Pioneers. And guess what else? The NHL starting today and the Pioneers with lots of alumni on lots of rosters. We'll get to all that. You're listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show on ESPN Denver 1600. Let me tell you a thing or two about the people who don't compromise. They love Pepsi Zero Sugar. Why? Because it's got all the flavor and zero the sugar. How's that for not compromising? They're the sort of person that likes surf with their turf. And the drink with their feast? Yeah, they have a Pepsi Zero Sugar. The person who doesn't compromise loves a good golden doodle. All the golden retriever goodness with just a hint of doodle. And when they're bringing said golden doodle for a walk, they bring a Pepsi Zero Sugar. Zero sugar, done right. That's what I like. 
DU hockey fans, stop by Campus Lounge, legendary DU hockey bar and home of the David Carl Coaches Show. Take advantage of daily food and drink specials along with 12 TVs, a large outdoor seating area, and a great selection of food and drinks. Located just north of campus on University Boulevard, Campus Lounge is an official watch party location for your pioneers and has got you covered for all DU athletics. Be sure to follow us on social media and go Pios. Let's just try not to embarrass ourselves and everything will be fine. Is that a Pepsi Wild Cherry? Oh, no. <laughs> Too late. You know something, Steve? Flavor Mania is about to run wild. Oh, no, not Flavor Mania. <laughs> Pepsi Wild Cherry is about to drop a flavor suplex right into your pie hole. Not the pie it's going to hit your taste buds with a top rope elbow of flavor. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be refreshing. It's going to. Does this always have to happen when you drink Pepsi Wild Cherry? You better believe it, brother. Pepsi Wild Cherry, now available in zero sugar. That's what I like. We're back for the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach, David Carl. My name, Matthew McGreevy. Campus Lounge located at 701 South University Boulevard. The Pioneers 18th in the country at the halfway point of the season, 4-7-1, tied for fifth in the NCHC. The standings a little scrambled for the conference with shifting of schedules. The Pioneers were off last weekend, supposed to be on against Colorado College, but the Gold Pan Series postponed last Wednesday because of positive tests. And so North Dakota ended up picking up a series against Colorado College as they could not play Omaha. And what that leads to is a Sunday-Monday series for the Pioneers against the Fighting Hawks. But before we get to that, Bobby Brink won a gold medal with the Americans at the World Junior Championship. He was a second-year player there in the Pioneer, former assistant Steve Miller winning a gold medal as well. Americans defeating Canada 2-0. So all this to lead into uh, how, how, I guess, have you seen, since Bobby has returned to Denver, have you seen a, a new confidence about his game now that he's wearing a gold medal around his neck? Yeah, I mean, Bob, and it's been a tough eval because he, uh, he came back. We, he's only been in two practices um, of the four that, that we had during this pause. You missed one um, due to being uh, traveling, and then another one we gave him the day off. So, um, But in the two practices, he has um, he's looked really good. Sorry, he's been in three. Um, in the three practices, he's looked very good. Um, he's attacking with, with purpose. And, um, and again, hasn't been a great eval because we only have uh, – yesterday we had 15 skaters on the ice, the most we've had um, here in the last week. But – he looks really um, – I think he's poised to have a really good second half for us, and, and he's a confident kid right now. He's a confident kid going going into it, but I think it, it's to another level after coming back and having a real nice performance that he did there um, in the World Juniors and, and being a part of a gold medal winning team. I think it's only going to help him. Two goals, four assists for six points in seven games for Bobby Brink. He had two points in five games in last year's tournament where the Americans did not medal, but he becomes – the fifth gold medal winner for the Pioneers for, uh, who played for the U.S. team in the World Juniors, Matt Carl, of course your brother being one of them in 04, Jason Zucker in 2010 alongside Matt Donovan, and then Troy Terry, of course, who could forget in 2017. Uh, the last six coaches have been U.S. college head coaches, and I know you probably aren't going to like this question, but have, has it ever crossed your mind? Is that something one day that maybe would be on your, your bucket list is to represent the United States at a tournament like that? Um, yeah, I mean, first, like, you know, we're really proud of all our guys that have, that have won championships there. Um, 
and and obviously Bobby adds himself to a, a great list of uh, of players that have played for the Pioneers and uh, won gold. And I thought Bob did an unbelievable job uh, buying into his role there. His line was was really excellent. Uh, felt like uh, they were almost a security blanket for Nate Lehman and his staff when they needed something good to happen. They they threw his line over the ice and um, their ability to forecheck, possess pucks. Not spend a lot of time in their own end because their ability to pressure pucks and block shots um, I thought was really good. I joked with Bob um, when I saw him, I said, you know, you got to block shots here now that, that you've, <laughs> you've shown you can do it for the Americans. And um, he just chuckled and um, it was a good exchange. And um, so anyways, re- really happy for Bob that he was able to execute his role at a high level. I think it speaks to um, his versatility as a hockey player and, and the bright future that he has in the game. Um, regarding uh, uh, coaching a team, I mean, yeah, we, it would be a, an unbelievable honor if ever asked. And, um, you know, it's it's a prestigious tournament and it's always um, a great thing to be able to represent your country. I was fortunate to do it as a player on one occasion. My brother's obviously done it a, a number of times and um, we're certainly proud, proud Americans in our family and um, would uh, would answer the call with pride. Artfully answered, as as expected. No question about that. When did you represent the U.S.? That would have been when you were at Shattuck, maybe? or Yeah, it was uh, the U18 Ivan Holinka tournament uh, prior to my, my senior year at Shattuck. So over in uh, Czech Republic and Slovakia. And, and unfortunately, we lost the Canadians in the gold medal game 3-1. But uh, it, was, it was a good showing overall for, for our team. Listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach David Carl. My name is Matthew McGreevy. Campus Lounge located at 701 South University Boulevard. The Denver Pioneers coming into a weekend series against North Dakota. And before we, we look into the team matchup, we have an individual note to touch on as well, just as we did last coaches show when Jack Works was added to the roster with the Alberta Junior Hockey League not playing uh, government shutdowns in Canada. And so he had no place to go, and Denver gave him a home. And then Carter King, who was playing for the Surrey Eagles in the BCHL, was added last Friday to the roster, 5'10", 178-pound forward, had 18 goals, 15 assists, and 58 games for the Eagles in the BCHL last year. Uh, So what what, uh, can you expect Carter to bring to the, the team immediately? Yeah, I think uh, both guys are coming along. Jack's been in practice for uh, about two weeks now, and um, what you see out of him is his competitiveness and his his ability to score goals in tight around the net, which is what we expected out of him. And um, so that's been that's been good to see. Um, and then Carter uh, had his first practice yesterday, and. He looked really good. He looked poised with the puck on his stick. Um, looked like he could make some plays and real sturdy base. He's a thick kid um, with with some skill and some poise to his game. So um, I think it's going to be great for both of them to get in here, uh, spend time with Matt Shaw, practice with us, learn systems, uh, potentially get into some games. And um, all the while, they're, they're not burning their freshman year. So I think it's a really good setup for them. And, and truthfully, with, with COVID and what we just went through, I mean, another extra body or two uh, isn't a bad thing with what this contact tracing um, can do and knocking people out for seven days at a time. So, um, no, we're, we're excited both are here. Um, think they're going to be big pieces to our future and um, excited for them and their development. There's a lot of pieces to uh, how, how rosters are, are moving. I guess players are moving from 
certain leagues to other leagues right now. Uh, we just saw yesterday some players from the Western Hockey League electing to go and, and play out the, the rest of their season in the USHL, the rest of a season that really for them never even started. Um, with, with all these moving parts, with Major Junior not playing, do you see this as an opportunity for college hockey to grow? Um, grow, uh, maybe, I mean, you need a lot of money for that to happen as far as if you define grow by more programs and obviously it is pretty wild. I mean, in the midst of pandemic, the college hockey added Long Island university who's playing this year. Um, they announced that I think after the shutdown started and, and they were able to put a team together and then, uh, St. Thomas, uh, is in Minnesota. They're, they're starting, I believe next fall. So, uh, Teams are being added, but at the same time, the pandemic is, has rained heavily on, on some other programs. We've seen Huntsville go through um, some tribulations. Anchorage has gone through um, some tribulations as well. And um, so overall, I mean, I, I think it is a good thing that, that, and it is good for our sport that we're playing and the CHL isn't. Um, we're, I think we're showing that, uh, you know, again, the CHL gets talked about as the fast track and all their resources and such to get to the NHL. But at the end of the day, it's college hockey that, that I do believe has more resource and ability to, to come together and play hockey in, in the middle of anything as, as we're seeing now. So I think it is an opportunity of, you know, 14, 15 year olds watching up in Canada. Uh, they are seeing that the OHL, just, uh, the Quebec League, and the WHL aren't playing right now, but the NCAA is. So maybe it turns their eye a little bit toward the NCAA, and, and by grow, we could be getting more players. The player pool could grow a little bit as far as uh, players that want to come to college based on the fact that we're playing in, in the CHL. Uh, is not so that would be the one the one caveat that I would say could help grow college hockey um, if kids are maybe a little bit turned off by the CHL right now due to the fact they're not playing um, and we are listening to the campus lounge coaches show with the pioneers head coach David Carl uh, pioneers going up against North Dakota this weekend North Dakota second ranked in the country behind Minnesota nine two and one their record uh, earlier this year the Pioneers fell 4-3 in overtime to North Dakota and then 1-3-2 in the next game against the Fighting Hawks. It was their second game overall, fourth game overall. Um, so what have you, have you seen out of North Dakota? Obviously, they've had seven, eight games now in between when you played them last. So what do you expect to see this weekend? Yeah, I mean, they had a, a little, probably maybe the oddest pot experience of anybody. Um, I think they were expecting to lose Sanderson for World Juniors after their fourth game just like we were expecting to lose Brink after our fourth game and then um, so they lose Sanderson and then uh, some some guys get sent home from the U.S. camp and they call to get Clevin to come which they weren't expecting and um, and so they lose Clevin and then they have a couple injuries they played a lot of their games in the pod with five defensemen and um and and I think 11 forwards so they were down pretty short um in the pod and and again they're they're a really good hockey team and they found a way to win games and um to clamp down defensively I think that's you know the one thing that maybe they don't get enough credit for is how good defensively they are their decor can really skate take away time and space in their own end um people get excited talking about Pinto and Gaber and Mismash and Kawaguchi and 
and such, but uh, their back end is really mobile and and really good at defending. So, um, you know, I don't. I think we'll see. Obviously, the team that that we saw in Game Four, fully healthy, um, with all their players from World Juniors, uh, that's a team we're going to see, and uh, we expect it to be two really good hockey games uh, when we suit up for battle here on on Sunday and Monday. A note on the. The the success I guess that uh, that you were able to generate on them in the pod you went four for ten on the power play uh, but how do you generate five on five chances against this team? Yeah, I think you you have to be able to possess the puck. You have to have good offensive puck support and and some decent movement to to be able to get them turning. And um, again, for I think they're good defensively because they don't defend for very long, and that's most teams. When we're at our best. Um, you know, we're not we're creating a 50-50 puck within five seconds of, of full possession in our own end, um, or we're not allowing full possession to happen. And I think offensively it's the same thing. We have to try and drive our possession time, you know, for probably seven seconds or longer. And any team that you do that to, they do start to break down. And so we'll put a big emphasis on that this week of, of hanging on to pucks and possessing it and um, and protecting it to try and wear them down and, and to break them down because we do have good players. When things break down, they can find two-on-ones and they can make plays. But um, if you're only having two, three seconds possession before a turnover, before their puck pressure gets into you, it makes it really hard to generate. So um, you're not going to get seven seconds of puck possession every, every time, but you, that's what we're aiming for um, to be able to try and wear them down five on five in our offensive zone play. Denver coming in 4-7-1, North Dakota 9-2-1, Denver 18th, North Dakota 2nd in the country, North Dakota swept last weekend against Colorado College when, of course, the Pioneers game was postponed. The NHL season starting today, the Pioneers with what looks to be 11 on NHL opening day rosters, uh, at least one player from each of the last 10 seasons for Denver hockey on an opening day roster. Um, 13 alumni in the NHL last year. You've had eight make their debuts since 2016. Ian Mitchell, Logan O'Connor looking to crack their first opening day rosters. At the time we record, it's all just thinking they made it, but I think it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good guess that O'Connor's made the Avalanche, Mitchell made the Blackhawks. Paul Stasny gearing up for his 15th season. So it really, it runs the range here and, and we get right up against it. So I'll throw one final question. And if you have a pick for a Denver Pioneer alumni breakout player in the NHL this season. Well, that's a good one. Um, no, we're, we're really excited for all the guys, especially the, the young guys making, uh, making their starts. Um, and Ian Mitchell had a real good conversation with him uh, the last couple of days and, and really uh, proud of him and, and what he's able to accomplish. But um, if we're going a breakout, um, maybe a guy that's ready to take another step in his career, I'd, I'd go with Troy Terry. Um, think he's going to have a good opportunity there in Anaheim um, on a younger team, and, and he should get some like I said, some opportunity, and I know he had a good summer training. His training wasn't interrupted all that much because he was in Denver here with Shazi. Um, they were able to to work around some things and such, and he had a long off season because Anaheim uh, did not play. So uh, my hope is that Troy can uh, have a real good year here for, for Anaheim and help them on their rebuild. Hopefully we see a Troy Terry-Danton Heinen combination for the Anaheim Ducks. That'd be good. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd make your Twitter game easy. Yeah, it would. <laughs> Listening, well, you've listened because we're at the end. It's been the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach David Carl. My name, Matthew McGreevy. The Pioneers at it. 
this weekend, and the weekend in, is a Sunday-Monday set this time. 2707 starts against North Dakota. Both those games will be on ESPN Denver 1600. DC, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you. That'll do it. We'll talk to you next time.